Hello and welcome to Build Back Better, another online conversation from us here at For the Region. I'm Dawn Lyle and today I'm really excited to be talking to Karen Davies, who's co-founder and chief exec of Purple Shoots, which is a microfinance organisation and I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. Welcome Karen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Let's start with a bit about you. We don't know each other very well. Lovely to meet you. Tell me about your background and how you've ended up running an organisation called Purple Shoots. Right. Well, um, I have what you might call a portfolio career. I think that's the correct term for it. (laughs) I've done a range of things. A lot of my career has been spent in the financial services industry. So I've originated in the London area, worked in the city. um, And then when we came to Wales, when I was first married, um, um, I was working at home with um, as a freelance translator actually for a little while then I worked for a small manufacturing company in Wales in in, uh, in Bridge End and then and then I then I worked again in the financial services industry and I think through all that career it, it, it all makes sense now I've started Purple Shoots at the time it just felt like lurching from one thing to the other but it was all good experience for starting Purple Shoots because I I learned when I was working in the financial services industry about the people who were left out so the people who who are left behind because the the rules of the 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 organizations I work for say that they're a bad risk or for some reason they can't be supported so I was in the position of turning away people who I thought were good, who had good business ideas, but didn't fit the criteria of the organisations I worked for. So I knew that there were there was a lot of people wasted at the bottom of the pile in the economy who, because they perhaps didn't have any money to put in or perhaps something had happened that had left them with a, a lower than lower than acceptable credit score. But none of those things mean they can't run a business and none of those things mean that they shouldn't have the opportunity to do it. So that was really my sort of inspiration behind wanting to start Purple Shoots. And to some extent, I left it late. Now I'm doing it. I wish I'd done it sooner. (laughs) But, you know, things happen for a reason. It all fitted in. Um, I I had the idea to sort of to do it. And I thought it I thought microfinance would work in Wales because Wales is a bit different from the London area where I came from with much stronger sense of community much better family support they tend to be local um, and much more sort of loyalty to place and all those things are what make microfinance work in the third world so I thought that it's sort of a good chance of working in 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 Wales so I hatched the plan um, but I needed money um, and I was um, fortunate in that uh, somebody that I knew had unexpectedly came into a lot of money and gave us the first bit of money to start it off so that helped me then to start to prove it and then um and then we've raised money since then to keep it going so wow yeah I mean that's interesting because I've only ever come across microfinance when we've been talking about the developing world as you say so helping often women and, and small entrepreneurs in Africa to start businesses with very small amounts of money and I've, I've seen amazing success stories so really quite an innovation to bring that to Wales it's interesting what you say about there's something about um, our communities and our local culture that that makes it more viable yeah absolutely yeah yeah and funny isn't it how a weaving and wending career path suddenly all makes sense when you find that thing that you you should have been doing all along it's yeah 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 great so how do you introduce purple shoots then when you meet somebody new and how do you talk about it as an organization so if it's somebody that wants our support do you mean so say say a new client so 
we'll try to put them at their ease because often the people who come to us have been had multiple rejections from everywhere else so their confidence might have taken a big knock and um they they're often expecting us to say no i mean if they've been on our website they will have seen the sort of people that we help and hopefully will realize that that we won't rule people out because they've got a bad credit score because something's happened uh, but but um a lot of our process is is very personal so it's well, it's usually face to face. At the moment, it's Zoom to Zoom <laughs> or WhatsApp to WhatsApp. Um, but it's, we try to meet everybody so that they can talk us through the business rather than have to write everything down. So if they've done a business plan, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have it. But if they haven't, the, the purpose of meeting them really is to talk it through and to sort of check that way that they've thought everything through and, and, and they, that they've got a really good idea of how they're going to make it work. So we're only really looking for a business that looks like it's going to be viable and a person who looks like they can make it happen and that's really the only criteria so we you know obviously we have to do checks because we're regulated by the financial conduct authority so i explain to people that well we've got to look at your bank things that we do do a credit check but we're not looking for a squeaky clean record and we're not looking for a bank statements that have got no problems on them because you know the people that we're working with we're trying to get help them to walk away from those problems and move forward so it's all about putting people at their ease and trying to make the process accessible and friendly and straightforward. <laughs> yeah, so what sort of businesses have you supported to start up then? What, what kinds of little companies? So there's a really quite a big variety. I mean, there's lots of the sort of things you might expect. So gardeners, handymen, people in the construction industry, plasterers, painters and decorators, that sort of thing. And then there's sort of personal services like personal trainers, beauty therapists, hairdressers, barbers, all those sort of things. And then what else we've we done? It was sort of shops, um, burger vans, they always do well, especially now, now <laughs> at the moment. We've done a few cafes, a few little restaurants, a few more unusual ones, maybe business service type ones, HR people. So a few sort of social enterprises, a few online businesses there difficult uh, difficult because they take time to get traction but we've done a quite a few a few more lately and they've done better because everyone's shopping online <laughs> and a lot of the people that we are working with are people that are starting a business to try to work around perhaps a caring responsibility or a disability or or a health issue or something and and running their own business sometimes fits in with that what else have we done? Childminders, um, child, child um, nurseries. <laughs> it's a real big, a big range of, of businesses, touristy type businesses, um, a few yeah. related to agriculture, although they, they usually need more money than we lend. Um, and often farms, well, I'm saying that farms can often get money from banks, but farm diversification, that's another thing that we can help with. So a big, a big range, a big range. Huge range. And I can see what you mean, that it's very very different sort of businesses to what a lot of the business support in Wales is targeted towards, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. Um, I, I've often thought that some of that business support that's available from Welsh government and, you know, previously, I suppose, European funding is all targeted at kind of high growth and um, sort of quite elitist in a way, elitist sort of business support. Um, yes, yeah, I agree. And, and the, 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 again, the ones at the bottom get left out. And, and, and in a way, um, I, I think, and if, in a way, the pandemic has proved this, that they, these small businesses are the survivors because they, they I don't know how they've managed it because lots of them have had no support either. You know, if they've been mobile, they haven't really qualified for any of the grants out there, but they have survived. But they've, they've been flexible, adapted. Um, they, they're the ones that have supported their local communities and done stuff. 
And I think they're the real sort of power force behind our economy and should get a lot more recognition for that. You know, uh, they may be small, but a lot of the ones we start do end up employing other people, not all of them, but quite a lot, so more than I expected. You know, I was expecting that we would be helping sort of one man bands or part or, you know, husband and wife together or something like that. Uh, but um, and a lot of them are like that. But quite a few have employed people. And so their impact, you know, multiplies. And because they're locally based, they tend to use local suppliers. They tend to buy stuff locally. They tend to spend the money locally. So it all benefits wherever they're situated. Whereas, you know, if you support a big company from outside, even if they provide jobs, all the profit goes back outside. All the benefit goes back to the shareholders of that big company. It doesn't stay in Wales. So, I, you know, I don't understand why they their emphasis is so heavily on the, that type of business. No, you're really uh, talking my language here. And it's what the uh, Welsh government ministers call the foundational economy, isn't it? You know, yes. the fabric, really, the fabric of our communities and our local economies is those smaller companies that aren't about to just run off as soon as there's a more favourable tax regime somewhere else. And, um, you know, and, and are really embedded in local communities. And that makes them more resilient, but it also makes the communities and the local economy more resilient over the long term. Yeah. There's been some great stories of what some of the businesses that we supported have done in the lockdown, you know, sort of one of the ladies who's a baker who had to close her shop, started providing lunches for free for local children, you know, and some of the fitness people who couldn't run their gyms have been providing free stuff outdoors. You know, it's been amazing what, how people have adapted and, and supported their community really at no benefit to them. <laughs> you know, so it's been it just kind of proves their commitment to their area. Yes, I mean, that's just been such a running theme and something we've really noted in previous episodes, the, the real importance of those locally based firms, especially when times are hard. And, you know, and we know that over the coming months and years and decades, huge changes are going to be coming down the line for our economy and our society, whether you're talking about climate emergency or the economic sort of shocks. And COVID has been a kind of rehearsal for all of that. And um, what's proven during that time is is the resilience that small firms uh, bring and also the commitment the kindness and the uh, giving back really isn't it yes yes yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. so what sort of sums of money do businesses need um, when you're talking about microfinance what what sums of money make a difference to a, a startup entrepreneur so they're surprisingly small. So we, our, I think our average loan size is around between two and a half and three thousand. So they're really very small. I mean, that's another reason why the larger institutions don't do it, because it doesn't make us any sense cost wise to do the little ones. But often that's all they need. It's, it's enough perhaps for a vehicle if you're mobile or a bit of equipment or the deposit for a premises, something like that. That's often all they need to get started. Um, um, and then they do the rest. You know, I, I, I tell all these good stories about businesses and I feel like I'm, I'm taking the credit when really all I've done is move the last barrier that stopped them from doing all this good stuff. You know, so. Um, yes, well, it's enabling, isn't it? It's enabling someone's own creativity and um, entrepreneurship to come through. And so are those are those loans that you make then and then the, the business will pay that back over a period of time? Yes, that's right. So it's, it's a loan and it's, they usually pay back over two to three years, depending on how big the loan is. If they only need a very small amount, it sometimes come back in 12 months. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, it's sort of spread a quickish period of time, I suppose. But it, that keeps the amount of interest they end up paying as low as possible. 
Yeah. And do you think that entrepreneurship is a route out of poverty for a lot of people? And do you think more people perhaps could consider entrepreneurship? Do you think people are born as a business, uh, you know, a business startup? Or do you think we can uh, encourage more people to consider it? I think we can encourage more people to consider. I think we we wrap the word entrepreneurship around with a lot of mystery. <laughs> and I think a lot of people have got have got all those skills and, and don't realise they have them. And it's all about survival and determination and resilience and and picking yourself up when you get knocked back. All those things and all those things the people we work with are really good at because they have had so many knockbacks and have had experience of, of problems. So um, and, and, you know, a lot of these businesses are, are very straightforward, simple businesses, but it still takes a lot. It's, it's still it's, I think they are still entrepreneurs when they're running them. So I think more people could think about that because there's a lot of there are stresses of being an entrepreneur, of course, you know, you know, of, of, of keeping the business going. But there's also the freedom of making your own decisions and taking it in the direction you want to and responding to circumstances and, and changing direction if you want to. You know, all those things you can't do if you're an employee. Um, and also you can fit it in around other things. You know, so it I mean, about half of our borrowers are women. Um, and, 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 and although some of our male borrowers are carers, obviously lots of the women are, and it, and it fits around, they can make it work around childcare, they can make their hours work around that, or looking after somebody else, you know, so it, it um, and the employment, although empl lots of employees are good, it's not quite the same as, as if you're your own boss, you know, and can make it work. Yeah, I mean, there's something amazing in um, being in control of your own destiny. And as you say, the flexibility that you get from running your own business and the freedom. And I think the self-empowerment, you know, when you realise that actually you can survive on your own wits uh, with a bit of support and a bit of um, help around you, you can do so much more than you perhaps believed that you could. But yeah. confidence is a huge thing, isn't it? It is a big thing. And I think you have to realise... That, you know if you go to these sort of I don't know business networking event and everybody talks very eloquently about their business and you think mm, I'm not like that and then you realize that actually they're all winging it the same as you you know and, it's, <laughs> it, and, and everybody's got the same sort of problems the same confidence issues I mean for, for people who are really lacking confidence the other thing that Purple Shoots does which I haven't mentioned is our self-reliant groups so those are also based on the third world model of the self-help groups where you get people together maybe from the same community or with some sort of shared interest and then we encourage them to think about how they might want to move forward and that sometimes results in either individuals or the whole group starting a little business but not always it might have other outcomes but that but that's a way of helping people to rebuild confidence by being in a group of people who are in the same circumstances or similar and then helping them see that they've got skills and they've got things that they can offer and um, that that could be transformational too. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things you said there, which uh, really resonates with me, is um, that when we realise that everyone else has those same fears and insecurities that we have, and it's one thing I'm always really keen that people should know that, those of us that come across really confident and like we've got it all figured out, you know, we haven't. We're all just uh, winging it, the same as everybody else, and learning on the job, which is part of the kind of roller coaster ride of, of uh, running your own business, doing your own thing. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be so important isn't it as we go forward not to be able not to always be able to rely on large employers and um, for actually us to be able to make 
jobs and employment for ourselves and for each other. It's interesting that many of your small businesses do go on to employ people as well and, and uh, grow yeah. their businesses. And I suppose some of them become big successes and, and, and employ several people. Yes, yes, we've had some that have employed as many as 12, <laughs> which quite a, that's quite a lot for one man yeah. starting up, you know, um, and there, there's another one I went to see recently who she started on her own, but she's now running a big centre that is housing other, she's not employing them, but they're using the, the premises. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my other borrowers is in there, which is really sweet, you know, the, <laughs> the two are, so that, that they're supporting each other. Which yes, is, like it's an ecosystem, isn't it? It's, uh, it's fantastic. And so where does your um, funding come from then? Is it uh, philanthropy or, or do you borrow from other institutions in order to lend? How does that work? It's a mix. It's a mix. That's my biggest stress, really, is, is trying to keep the money working. So we need we need a mix of, of, of philanthropic money, of donated money. Um, and, and we can also get invested money, which we borrow. Actually, the, um, the bulk of it tends to come from individuals because there's we have a, the benefit of a tax relief scheme called Community Investment Tax Relief. And if individuals lend us money, they can get quite a generous tax relief on it. Um, and so if, if they want to, if it's somebody who wants to do good with their money, but doesn't actually want to give it away, that's quite a good option. So we, we try to keep a sort of a half and half balance of half invested money and half donated money so that we can um, keep rolling, really. And I mean, I, I want to grow it bigger and do more. And we need to grow both bits of it, really, to the, the sort of donated side and the um, invested side so that we can keep doing what we're doing. So um, make your sales pitch now then, Karen, for, um, for some of the larger and um, more established business owners in our region. Um, how can they get involved and how can they support the work that you're doing? Well, thank you. They can do it three ways. <laughs> so um, um, one way is if they have expertise, if they can offer some pro bono support to some of our startup businesses, that, that's lovely. Um, Donations are fantastic. So we, we've just had one company, actually weirdly not in Wales, in England, commit to donating their profits to us every month or, or a proportion of their profits. So if, if some of those businesses did that to us, that would really solve our donated money raising problems. And then the third thing they can do is if they can invest under the tax relief scheme if they're paying tax. So that there's a yeah, so so we, we, we need we need more money because the more money we have, the more money we can lend out. And it's really escalating at the moment. Uh, uh, lots of people are rethinking or people have lost jobs. You know, we, we've got a lot of inquiries at the moment. So uh, we, we need we need more funds. <laughs> yeah, lots of uh, lots of scope to grow the whole project. I can imagine yes. that. What's happening for you at the moment then? What are you excited about? What's happening next? Um, and what's what's going on in the organisation over the next few months? So um, I'm, I'm probably not meant to leak this until a week or so's time, but I have been, <laughs> we've got onto um, a, a very exciting scale-up programme that's supported by government, civil society and business, which is, is all about helping us to grow, which is, I'm really excited about that because they're, they're sort of covering everything. They're looking at systems, they're looking at recruitment, they're looking at putting purple shoots in other places. Because although we cover um, Wales, it's quite a struggle to cover North Wales. So we quite like an office in the north as well as in the south. Um, I mean, at the moment, we, we're doing it all from the south because we're doing it all on Zoom. But I don't know North Wales as well as I know South Wales. And part of part of what makes Purple Shoots work is knowing if somebody says, oh, I'm going to open a cafe in this place. Uh, you know, we know whether there's another one there or we know we, we know what the place is like. And I, do, I don't know quite so much about North Wales. So that's why you need that local knowledge. 
but um but yeah so that's that's really exciting that they and they've got connections hopefully to funders so if we can make it much bigger and 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 I, and I, I think that will also get our message out that the people we're supporting are not no hopers I think because we say we're supporting people who perhaps have been on benefits or have been out of work there's an awful assumption out there that they must have got you know they must be rubbish they must have they must deserve to be poor they must they must be wasters they must be lazy and i and i think the more we show people that that's not the case and look at all these businesses they produce the the, the more that will help those people because it, it the people will believe in them more readily that's one of the barriers i think that that the people face when or have faced when they come to us it's quite sort of being written off just because they're on benefits or just because they've got no money to invest and that, that's really frustrating for them so yes yeah. we want to get that message out there that uh, there's that it, they're good <laughs> well yeah and just think of all that sort of wasted human potential that exists in all our communities and that's that horrible sort of neoliberal way of looking at people and looking at the economy to say that those who haven't managed to get a job or, or achieve what some would say would be success by an early age or whatever to write people off and to give up on people when actually we're we're, we're all victim of a of an economic system where the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer through no fault of their own so Absolutely. that opportunity to give people a leg up and the opportunity to prove themselves and make something for themselves is so important karen fantastic work that you're doing <laughs> thank you <laughs> Great. Well, um, I would encourage all our listeners to go and have a look at the Purple Shoots website and um, follow some of the amazing examples that they're supporting of businesses across Wales who are bucking the trend and showing that anyone can make a success of a business if they've got the right support and self-confidence to uh, make that leap. And if you are in a position to support the project, either as a donor or an investor or as a business mentor, it sounds as though your support would be gratefully received by all involved. But thank you, Karen, for coming and telling us about the project. It's been fascinating for me to hear about it. And we'll certainly spread the word wherever we go. And uh, yeah, well done for such a great initiative. We're so glad you're here in Wales doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you found that inspiring and interesting and some new connections to be made. Please tune in again next week for another conversation from us here at For The Region. And in the meantime, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>